you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Around the NFL podcast is due for a Dernesauce. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by New Era. My name is Dan Hansis, joined in a room filled with heroes Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Dernesauce. Dernesauce. Little update on the Dernesauce. Let's hear it. Well, we have a friend here at NFL Media, Tara Deeker, who is friends with Laura Dern. And multiple other high-level celebrities. So I'm very suspicious of whatever Tara is doing outside of work. But right. um, the message got to Laura Dern that she was the centerpiece of a segment on our really? show. And she said, thank you for acknowledging my Dernesons. Wow. Ah. That's it? Not like I'd love to come on the show. My, big news. My favorite team. I think it's, just, it's an opening salvo. We could, we could make that. We could try. Although Deeker seemed to want... I asked if I could text Laura Dern and just say thank you for thanking us. Did not allow me on her phone to do that at all. Hmm. Well, asking for her, yeah, phone number seems maybe a, a step too. No, I was going to be on her phone, and she said, "No, nah, this will not be happening." You've grown used to taking liberties with other people's phones. It's usually Deeker it's knows usually that. surrendered to you with no qualms. Deeker knows that. So, is there? What do you mean phones? What do you got? What's cooking with you on phones? Well, he often, you know, he writes. Little, you know, modern Cyrano de Bergerac uh, <laughs> love letters to people on dating that's sites. That's right. For other people. I forget. Well, that's that could be a whole side business for you. <laughs> he's had control of my phone on dating sites before. It's for it's for and now friends. He's engaged right, to be it's for friends. It's for friends. It's yeah, for people it's not that gave me. up yeah. to. Yeah, you're not yeah. like hacking into. people. Yeah, I took David Ely. He was he was about to go on this high octane date based on all the work I did. <laughs> Ely took over the conversation. No date ever happened. No. Uh, so speaking of which, we don't know if Ely's going to be Wes's best man for the wedding next year. We got an idea. We got an idea, but it, nothing's official. <laughs> Um, he also, if he ends up defying the odds and gets invited to Wes's wedding is somehow the best man in a highly unlikely scenario, he's got to get a date too. So maybe if that ever happened, that would be phase two of Ely's involvement with the show during the 2018 season. I'm not sure we're getting out of phase one on this plan, but probably not. <laughs> uh, by the way, this is our, uh, first Wednesday show since we went back to three times a week and it will be for the foreseeable future i believe at least through training camp our video show so if you want to see what all these bozos look like you know in the flesh <clears throat> uh you can check out the around the nfl video show presented by new era and that streams fridays at noon eastern and you can find that at nfl.com slash atn live and if you miss the live airing don't fret that same link will just take you to a continuous uh stream it actually streams Thursdays at noon. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thursday. Now that we've moved to Wednesday. Thir yeah, that makes sense. Thursday, 
noon Eastern. So make sure you check that out. Today's show, a lot to get to because teams are now all reporting for camp, as we know. So, so much to talk about, uh, including a big, big deal uh, involving the Los Angeles Rams and another Rams star uh, that didn't get a deal, who, because he doesn't have a deal, isn't with the Rams. So we'll talk about all that. Uh, and also, we will debut a new segment. Always good to debut new segments. So we're like 7,000 shows deep. So it's good to like work something new in the mix, right? You can't just rest on your laurels. No. I mean, that's absolutely true. Yeah, You, you won't get very far resting on your laurels. I always – I think it'd be fun for one off season to do no segments that we've ever done before. What do you think about this challenge for next off? I mean, you you openly disdain many of our segments, so I see I'm a no, little suspicious no, of the think, of the, you the know, plot. You move, you move it along. It seems you like a lot of work. New, <laughs> new, new stuff. What's the off season for? Uh, anyway, a new segment: fly on the wall. <laughs> what if you could be a fly on the wall at any facility? Uh, in the country during training camp, what would you like to be on a fly, fly on the wall and like to see and hear? That is a nice egg. You don't want to be a fly on the wall in Patriots camp. Then Belichick just takes out the swatter and you're dead. You'll be squashed. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's what's coming up on the show. But before we do that, we say hi to our producer, Lindsay Fulton. Hi, Lindsay. Hola. Um, You'll be going on vacation soon, so this is your last show for a bit. That's correct. I will be gone for about three shows. Okay. Going up into the wilderness, hiking in the Allegheny Mountains. Oh, boy. With with who? With my family. Okay. Can I recommend a book for you? Sure. Bill Bryson, Walk in the Woods. Oh, great book. It's from walking from one end of the Allegheny Trail to the other. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. I'll write that down. I actually was looking for some books. Um, I'm a little nervous, though, because my friend who's already there said they've had a 500-pound bear and four cubs on their porch this morning, so. Well, it's problematic. Man, Wait, you're camping, yes. but you have a porch. Well, they have. They stay in a cabin. Okay. Well, not just stone it. I want to get like a spectrum of how rustic this trip will be. That puts it somewhere between two and three. It's pretty, pretty rustic. There's like outhouses <laughs> that haven't been pumped in God knows how many decades. It's pretty disgusting. I'm not a big fan of uh, the idea of camping. It just seems you know problematic itself in general. But I did uh, the Today Show was on in the background of my home in the morning, as it often is. My wife is, you know, she'll pound the table for the. Uh, Today show, and they now have tents that get you can uh, buy them, and they basically are on your car roof, and then they can just be assembled on the roof. Put me up there, I'm all in. Are you guys gonna take your kids? That's a big decision whether you take your kids camping. Oh, I definitely would. But have you? They're they're getting it. Uh, We've we've camped a little in the backyard, and the book you're talking about. He goes from Maine to Georgia on the Appalachian Trail. That takes like four months. Oh, it's yeah. He didn't make it all the way. One book. One book not to read. Into the Wild. Right. Oh yeah, I saw the movie. I feel like camping's like a lot like religion with your family. Like if you were if you grew up with no religion or no camping, that's not something you're gonna just start doing out of nowhere. At least that's my my experience. It also feels like not just gonna like start the trend. Let's start doing it. Well, unless the significant other had that in their roots, but you're right. There is a bit of a regression there. I mean, it's like let's go live how people did 150 thousand years ago. At this point, I just am trying to make sure Dan can't. Dan's. We have about roughly 108 news items to get to, and we're in minutes. I feel like we've hit the the camping thing pretty good. (laughs) Okay, let's do some news. I know you're all about this year, and we all understand that this year. That's right. And um, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask about last year. Yeah, yeah, last year is last year. I'm not focused on last year. Yeah. What about the fact that everywhere we go, folks want to ask about Malcolm Butler? Yeah, we've is talked there, about that. That's multiple months ago. Is there going to be any more <laughs> explanation months. about why he didn't play? Focused on training camp. Would you do it any differently? <laughs> training camp? Well, we're, just, we're getting started. We're working on that right now. We'll do it the best we can. Let me say, that guy, he's kind of ruined my life, at least as a football fan, but I will miss that man when he's gone. Bill Belichick? Belichick. I won't miss Dan Dan Shaughnessy, who is the man uh, asking that question. Hey, he had to ask the question. An an infamous uh, reporter in the Boston area. He's basically, if if you want a guy to go just annoy Belichick, you send... uh, You send Dan Shaughnessy, but isn't famously there... called CHB, uh, the curly-haired boyfriend by former Red Sox player Carl Everett. <laughs> I once this this is how old I am. I once read a column of or a book of Dan Shaughnessy columns, and it was definitely in the 1990s. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> he's been around. He came up with the Curse of the minute. Bambino. That he yeah. that was his book in the, in the 70s. Wow, we're really off topic. Here. <laughs> Let's start with the Los Angeles Rams and a big, big signing for the team. The Rams and running back Todd Gurley have agreed to terms on a four-year contract extension worth up to sixty million, forty-five million in guarantees. Rap sheet had this. Uh, that keeps Gurley in L.A. or should um, for the next six seasons through 2023. Uh, and that is the largest amount of guaranteed money, $45 million ever for a running back. A lot of wheat, Greg Rosenthal. You wrote about uh, Gurley and the amount of money he got paid, that which would raise eyebrows considering we were in the era where running backs don't tend to get paid. But you think, Greg, this should just be the start of a trend. I think it will. I think the Rams were smart to get ahead of it. I, a lot of people immediately say, like, don't, why do, why would you pay running backs? Well, first of all, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, they're all going to get paid over the next year or two. And they are all difference making backs, big backs that can play every down. And so they're getting that contract out of the way first. Those guys are probably going to wind up making more than Todd Gurley. Second, it's guarantees, not guaranteed money. So we haven't quite seen all, all the deals, you know, all the details. That's always on your radar, too. It, it, yeah, and so I want to see that. And then most importantly, he's 23 years old. He's 23 years old and has already been an offensive player of the year. They're not signing Sean Alexander at 31 years old or Chris Johnson, who was limited in some aspects of his game, or Adrian Peterson's last contract. They're signing a guy who can do everything, and they have him locked up for six years in the middle of his prime. And the same people that are criticizing how much money they gave him are going to be saying three years from now, wow, this guy's really underpaid because he will be underpaid in, in three years. That's just how these things work. Uh, you made a good point in your write-up that are we trying to say that these four, it's not every starting running back that's going to get paid this way. There's a small collection of guys that do everything for you. A Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, and that are we trying to say that their running back money should be lower than a Sammy Watkins right. or a, a, the ninth or 11th, 10th best receiver in the league? He's no. getting less than Nate Solder. I mean, he's right. still getting less than Nate Solder. You can't tell me he's not more valuable than Nate Solder. Well, there is position scarcity, and that's why Nate Solder gets paid because it's much easier to find a running back than a left right. tackle. But the Sammy Watkins point is a good one because wide receivers is not a scarce position. You can find a wide receiver. Why would Sammy Watkins get paid more than a guy like Todd Gurley or David Johnson? And I, I would argue a, a running back like Gurley is a scarce position to that level of – and but, I think he really does tilt the field. But not if you can put, like, say, James White and sure. – um, I don't know. Who's a great running back who's not involved in the passing game? There probably aren't many anymore. But if you put like a good two down back with James White, Adrian you can, Peterson. Yeah, you could get for a very cheap contract. You could get Todd Gurley level production. And speaking of great running backs that are scarcity just because of their skill level, Le'Veon Bell, who's been trying to get this type of deal for years with Pittsburgh, he tweeted after the news got out, "LOL," and people thought I was tripping. Well, He's did we right. look, yeah, did we look at the Steelers <laughs> and say they did not get they did not handle this correctly? I it from the Steelers perspective, I can't kill him. They pay him 20. First of all, he's already getting paid a lot. He's getting paid like a top five player at any position. He's gotten twenty six million dollars over the last two years. I think they're kind of OK with letting him sign a big deal elsewhere after getting another 400 touches out of him. With that said, if he's healthy and he makes it to free agency, I fully expect him to blow this Todd Gurley deal out of the water because you're going to have two or three. He also teams has a, a bad knee injury. Suspensions, resume, suspensions right. off the field yeah. stuff. He's it, four years old. I've always it always has start it started to feel like to me that the Steelers are going the route that the Cowboys once went with Demarco Murray. Or I agree. Use yeah. him up and then let somebody else overpay for a guy in the back end of his prime. In other Rams news, Aaron Donald, who's also been trying to get paid forever, uh, as he watches his teammates, new teammate Brandon Cooks and Gurley get big contracts. Donald can't get paid. Uh, so he begins training camp not with the team. And if you remember Mark last season, he also sat out all of training camp before rejoining the team. And uh, once he got in the action, he was still an impact player. But are we headed that way again? Well, Wes wrote up a great piece on this, talking about the Rams sort of team building and cap space. So I'll, I'll save that for him. But the one thing I think that's tricky is if you're Aaron Donald, you have to see what happens with Khalil Mack and the Oakland Raiders. I don't think you want to be the guy signing the contract first. You probably want to come off that contract and make better off of that. And the Rams have said, we've planned for this signing, but general manager Les Snead called it a very tricky 
complex situation. He's already said they're going to make Aaron Donald the highest paid defensive player in the league. They've allocated the resources in their cap to make sure they have the space to do that. I think all the criticism of, of the Rams for signing Cooks and Gurley before Donald is misplaced because, first of all, you don't know how much you don't know. Anyone criticizing the Rams, you don't know what kind of due diligence they've done. You don't know if Donald's representatives are holding up a deal waiting for Khalil Mack. You don't know how much you don't know. So to me, what's interesting now is Donald has to report a month before the start of the season or else he loses a year of free agency, which would make him a restricted free agent. Are his agents like so confident that he's that good of a player that it doesn't matter if he's restricted or unrestricted they're still going to get a huge payday regardless i i think the criticism is insane all the people pointing out how does cooks and Gurley? well because first of all they're getting paid far less i bet if you combine their true guaranteed money of those two deals it won't add up to what aaron donald also they accepted the offer right And, and what aaron donald is probably already being offered there's reports out there that he's already being offered, you know, to be the highest paid defensive player easily. And what does it really matter what the order is? I have absolutely it doesn't. No, I have absolutely no doubt that he is going to be a Los Angeles Ram for a long time and I'm pretty confident he he'll won't be on the field again until he has a new contract. So just it, I think some of Calm it down. is Rams fans are Come down, out. Dan. Stop being so fired up about it. <laughs> Dan does not look fired up at all. But they, they also this this happened last year with Aaron Donald. Stuff. I got I got right. to be honest exactly. with you. Exactly. No, it's, guys are all gonna get this paid is that time of year where there's about eight of these sort of annoying situations just hanging out there in the atmosphere. Like Julio Jones, who does not plan to report to camp on Thursday, according to Rap Sheet. He is comfortable sitting out all of camp, Rappaport added. Julio skipped all offseason team workouts. Uh, he did attend a Matt Ryan passing camp. He wants a new deal. He's got three years left on his current deal, uh, and the Falcons have indicated that they are looking to get contracts done with players that have a more pressing contract issue than him. So they're playing. This is a, a businessman, apparently a very good businessman, they, uh, Julio Jones is, and he's using the leverage of being one of the best wide receivers alive and hoping something comes of that. I mean, get what you can, but I would say in this situation, he has very little leverage. Doesn't seem like he does. Uh, it, it doesn't, but it's also inspired some of the worst commentary in Atlanta about it. Some radio host saying he his <laughs> his 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 ten year old son had to change the desktop on his computer. Oh no! Because Julio not his jo- desktop. <laughs> Julio Jones is no longer a person that he can look up to because he's like he's money hungry. And another guy, I believe his co host or, or a guy on the radio, there said, "I'd trade his butt if he doesn't show up." Yeah, Greg won't be Good appearing on that. that show anytime soon. What ten year old is still? using a desktop computer on a day-to-day basis. Well, it's the man's own computer, and he needs to really I mean, how, how can together. we explain this to the, the, to the children? What 10-year-old is listening to a radio show? <laughs> uh, in other Falcons news, general manager Thomas Dimitrov and head coach Dan Quinn both get three-year extensions. This, this is how it should be done. My stupid team, they always mess this up. You get a, a pairing that you like, you keep them on the same deals together, you keep everything in lockstep. The Falcons are doing things the right way. You don't feel the Jets have that uh, right at the moment? Uh, very rarely does it seem like this. always seems like a no-brainer, but you see it across the NFL where the contracts are mismatched uh, between the coach and NFL and general manager, and that is such a key partnership. I like what Roto World said it, in a bit, bit of cynical that they thought this was simply done uh, now to take Julio Jones out of the A storyline. Oh, my God. Roto World is one of these people. Roto World has become like the Twitter. No, I saw like Bill Barnwell or something tweet about this. What, you give these guys extensions but not Julio Jones? Well, first of all, they're not players. They're coaches. It <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. probably done weeks and months ago. You don't have to worry about setting a precedent for other coaches and general managers in your organization. That will like uh, it's just insane the Dim- amount of commentary from people who yeah. think they know more than team. <laughs> Dim- Dimitrov is he's a gangster. Like not many. Dimitrov. 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 Correct. Not many GMs have had the job as long as he has, and very few ever pull it off with like two contract extensions with different coaches. That when that's the next, that's the top level of GMs. When you can have different coaches and you're still getting contracts. He learned that sodding the Cleveland Browns Stadium field under Bill Belichick back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. In non contract talk, Carson Wentz, the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, recovering from uh, reconstructive knee surgery, likely headed to the pup list uh, to start the training camp for the Eagles. Rap sheet reported that 
uh, the most likely cautious scenario is that Wentz begins on the pup list uh, and any player placed in that list, of course, can come off at any time. So this shouldn't necessarily be read as a situation, Mark, where he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. That still seems like the goal and a reachable goal, uh, but he's not all systems go. A long way away from week one. There's plenty. Again, it's another thing where there's players all over the league where you're taking the cautious approach and this is the most important player on your roster. Why not? Why not start Nick Foles the first four weeks if you have any concerns whatsoever? I don't the think, first two weeks. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. No. This is the one injury that we'll, we'll be watching week after week in camp, and I don't think it's crazy to imagine Foles starting week one. Remember when RG3 came back from his knee surgery and during uh, – like spring mini camp, he released a hashtag mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, that in Wait, ge- generally that tag wasn't doesn't that, work for people. Isn't that George Bush? Yeah, I was going to say it's typically that doesn't have a good track record. Was it mission accomplished? It was something mission something accomplished. Close. I think you might be right. You're telling like, me RG3 came up with a hashtag? It was like maybe hashtag no problems here. Yeah. Something like Hard that. Hard to believe that guy didn't have a bumper sticker or a hashtag. I found it, I found it, a random article. I was going through my archives for some reason. and or, Well, I was looking for a specific article. <laughs> that, that was the reason. I'm just trying to get airtime here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was an article I wrote in 2012, and it was Andrew Luck explains why he doesn't take as many endorsements as RG3. And I thought about like people were like, oh, yeah, Andrew Luck, what a great guy. RG3 was smart to take all that money. I mean, why not take all that indoor? You never know what's going to happen. Look at what has happened to him. Yeah. That's <laughs> Smart man. You have very strong opinions on taking endorsement money. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to Google to find what the hashtag was. It was, t- it was like a T-shirt he was wearing. I'll find it by the end. Of course of it was. I will, even if it takes me out of the podcast completely. Uh, moving on, Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh. You know, all this talk about Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco, I'm very excited about it because of that 1999 sports movie, as Wes uh, figured out <laughs> on Monday's show. Um, but, you know, a lot of drama around the rookie and the veteran, the Super Bowl-winning veteran. Uh, but John Harbaugh says, hey, everybody. And speaking of RG3, it's going to nicely connect. Uh, Harbaugh says, we're going to see the rook. One way or another, he's going to be out there taking snaps, uh, according to the Toronto Sun. Uh, what's the Toronto Sun doing down there? Lamar is it's also an exclusive a- by <laughs> John Crick of the Toronto Sun. By the way, he was the only person that had this information. He's a good beat guy. Lamar is also a weapon for us who can play quarterback, and we're going to play Lamar at quarterback. So we're going to play all of our good players. I don't see why we wouldn't. You've got this first. He even gave That's the Toronto saying. Sun's John yeah. Crick a shout out. <laughs> Mark, you thought I loved it. I had to write this up, and then well, two things. Number one, I think you didn't have to write it. Well, you wanted to. Hold write. on, I will, I'll get into that in a second. But the the Ravens, I think, are are I, I really looked at this with a suspicious eye when this whole started and these training camp plays and stuff. I really think they want to find a way to use him, and I think it's legit. They're probably just trying to how to, who do you have to take off the field to do that. But number two, this is like the fourth or fifth day in a row that Lamar Jackson is like dotting the NFL.com website, and we're there. We had I think three Lamar Jackson stories either yesterday and the day before combined, and I can tell already that he's one of these guys that our news desk, anytime he speaks, opens his eyes, rolls out of bed, drives across town to get a sandwich, we're going to be writing a story about it. Well, he's exciting. He's an exciting player. I'm just saying. Yeah, once he starts playing, maybe that'll be exciting. But I don't think we need to like spend uh, four days out of a week talking about Lamar Jackson, who's going to be on the field four it, times in a month it's great once the P- season starts. It's great PR to play in that Hall of Fame game because you get a whole week of news yeah. all by yourself. You podcast, <laughs> NFL Network. Really on top of the world at that point, like, aren't you? you? You can't pay for that. It is kind of weird to me, though, that he basically is saying RG3 has, I, I, I don't know, no chance to be a backup. Or they would keep all three quarterbacks active on game day because he, he was making it clear. Not only will he be active, he will be playing snaps. So that's well, over. They've decided. Are we convinced RG3 enough. is making this? Team? No, no, not necessarily. Yeah, but it's yeah. still strange for the head coach to basic to say it a few days. There was a play where it was Lamar Jackson and RG3 and no Flacco on the field, too. The one thing, Mike Garofolo, our boy, he was at he's been at Ravens camp and he did. He did pour a little cold water on the, the, the buzz hype train here for Lamar Jackson, where that there is inconsistencies in his game that they have to work out. He has no experience calling plays either. Not that all that can be worked out, but it's like he's not going to start games right away. 
Finally, in the news, I don't know. The Cleveland Browns are. I'm still looking for. <laughs> no, my, I, we've lost Dan. Dan my, is looking for this hashtag thing. I rolled my eyes because you spend all this time. Like everybody acts like, oh, it's a big mystery. What's going on with the Ravens? No, it's not. Flacco's going to play every game in September. Lamar Jackson's going to be on the field for like one play or one snap, and RG3 is not going to be on the roster. That's going to happen with the Ravens in September. All right, moving on. Uh, the Browns are considering Des Bryant. What, Mark Sessler? The Dallas Cowboys uh, wide receiver who's been out of work since being released a couple of months ago. Now there is a potential job opening in Cleveland now that Josh Gordon uh, has removed himself from the mix as he tries to get well. And that is, remains kind of a uh, hard-to-discern situation surrounding Gordon. So uh, would he make sense? This is what John Dorsey, the Cowboy, had to say. Uh, in an interview with the Plain Dealer. I've had a chance to be around Des. I've known Des. I got a chance when he was down there in Lufkin, Texas. I actually went down to his workout and got a chance to meet him down there. Okay. I know what kind of person he is and what makes him. He's a very talented player. Have we had discussions about Des Bryant? Yeah, that's natural. I mean, I'm not surprised that, that the name would come up the minute you don't know when Josh Gordon's going to come back. But he also said, Dorsey said he absolutely expects Gordon to play this season and could be back as any time in a couple days or a couple weeks. And it was also interesting, and uh, Lindsay actually played it for me before the show, when Dorsey was talking with reporters, they kept on hitting at him like, yeah, have you been assured by the NFL that he is not facing any issues, any suspension, anything like that? And he dodged the question time after time after mm. time. That can still be something that comes into play yeah. here, and we don't know yet, but Dorsey went out of his way. It was, I mean, it wasn't like kind of a thing blinking you miss it it was they kept on coming after him and he would dodge it again and again so we'll see if gordon like it's not fair to, to be tired of lamar jackson and not be very tired of josh gordon do you know what the result of those des bryant discussions were they didn't sign we're him. not signing him or else he'd so be far. signed yeah. so far yep. it, it'd be a to me des should be on a team and he he might make the browns better if you had no josh gordon but i feel like it's a lot that that room landry gordon <laughs> Corey Coleman and Josh Gordon just in Des sounds like I don't know juicy yeah. too much starting a receiver handful? opposite yeah. Landry if Gordon can't go well obviously Corey Coleman Corey Coleman still in the mix I think he is still in the Mark, mix why, why are you booing <laughs> why do you bring your family in here <laughs> Luke Colton how look you I'd love doing? for him to be productive uh, let's do some odds and ends got a lot more to get to here Odds and ends, odds and ends. Let's get some odds and ends. Get your odds and ends right here. I don't even recognize that person. Where's she been? Richard Sherman, the San Francisco 49ers cornerback, has been cleared for the start of training camp, Greg. Great news, and it means he gets a big roster bonus for being ready for the start of training camp. Hubba hubba. Jared Jones had this to say about Cowboys defensive lineman David Irving. Not expected to come to training camp at all. This is a man that's had issues, Wes, and it seems like the issues continue. If you're a casual NFL fan, you must assume that all Cowboys defensive ends are the same person and they just take turns serving suspensions <laughs> under different <laughs> names. That's confusing. <laughs> Have they ever had a, a lineman healthy no. and not serving a suspension? It has literally never happened. J.J. Uh, Watt, quote, crushed his conditioning test. Um, Mark? That's awesome news. Well, the photo, you got to go find the photo attached to this announcement if you can. He looks like uh, a non-green Incredible Hulk type figure. But talk about getting people on the field together. We've really never seen Watt and Clowney do their thing together and for one full They're season. Healthy. I would love How that long have we been possible. saying that this time right. of year? Well, every year. Watch yeah. never happened. Watson's not on the pup list. And how come no one else crushes the conditioning test? He's like the first person. <laughs> have you seen him? Uh, the Giants supplemental draft pick Sam Beal, the defensive back. He's out for the season with a shoulder injury. That sucks. They're very thin at that position. That's why they took him. It's also a waste starting of, Eli Apple. It's a waste of a draft pick. They wanted that depth for this year. Yep. Another round, Linz. Earl Thomas, a no-show at Seahawks camp. And the Seahawks, meanwhile, still want a really high price in a trade. So this, again, continues to be going nowhere. There's no end in sight here. Because the Seahawks, according to Ian, do not want to pay Earl Thomas after seeing what happened when they paid Cam Chancellor last year. August that they don't want to take that risk and Earl Thomas pretty much is adamant that he's not playing unless he this gets is a, a rare one that could go into the regular season. right this is the one of them all where you like you could see him missing two or three weeks and maybe the whole year and finally Mark hey Mark 
Antonio Brown showed up to camp in a helicopter. Yeah, well, I don't want to sound like I'm like ultra grumpy about all these players, but I don't need that. I don't need that. Doesn't he show up in a Batmobile helicopter type? Some kind of contraption every year. Come on, Mark. Isn't it kind of fun? It's inside no, training. I know what they're trying to do. No, and, and again, we're watching. It's a great network. We're watching it for 12 hours straight a day, and it's, that's that I've seen it 14 for times For those already. who are not aware, every year Antonio Brown has arrived at camp in some type of luxury automobile of some kind this year. Oh, he's in the Whirly Bird, Sessler. <laughs> it's like, uh, he's like how's, he gonna, uh, how's he going to top it next year? This guy's flamboyant. I do not need it. <laughs> Not even a particle of it. All right. I had heard from a source. You weren't happy about it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good stuff. Oh, by uh, the way. Yeah. Cleo Mack, not expected to be in camp. And Ian has also said, this one has no end in sight. There appears to be some hard feeling negotiations haven't gone well on that one. Hmm. Okay. So that's another one to keep an eye on. Looking forward to all these conversations. Let's just play football, guys. Hey, you're getting paid millions of dollars to play a boys' game. Keep that in mind next time you go to the bargaining table. I think let's thanks. just play football is a good pause. Yeah, thanks, Chip from one hundred three five point you know, FM in Atlanta. Our show kind of needs maybe that one guy, like the cliche bad sports guy, that we could just punish when he has these takes. We should befriend someone like that and just call them up. <laughs> All right. So anyway, as we uh, said uh, at the top of the show, uh, we're now going to um, introduce a new segment, Fly on the Wall. And as I said, ooh, the flies, they're the worst. It's fly season, Mark. It's fly season. That's but true. But in this segment, we're the flies. Oh, we are so the So we're flies. annoying us. Mm. And are we, fl- we're flies with our mental capabilities flying around, right? It's like Jeff Goldblum in the right. No, no, we have human brains. Okay. That's what I'm saying. We, yes. we have our... Well, Jeff Goldblum was like a monster fly, right? He was, but he still could think... Speaking of dated pop culture references. <laughs> I haven't even ever seen it. I just know it exists. <laughs> that was also a remake of like a 60s movie, so it's even yeah. more dated. Yes. So we are... Goldblum, right. though, he stayed relevant. You oh. got to admit. They just built a 25-foot statue How about, to him I mean, in he London. Has. I think yeah, he's I even that. better than ever. I mean, he's having the Goldblumessance right now. Him <laughs> and Stern together. Hmm. Yes. Former lovers, I believe, as well. <laughs> that's reportedly... I think that's true. Not confirmed. I knew there was some connection. I knew there was some. Or they were in Jurassic Park together. One or the other. Yeah. Or both. Uh, so, no. The, Something we, funny about when people use the word lover. <laughs> yeah, it is. I believe he took her as a lover for a while. Like, that was... It's absurd. Like, for our younger listeners, that that was very routine that, like, people would talk about, like, lover. Like, that was like, yeah. oh, yeah, his lover, Billy yeah. Joel. So wasn't there a very Saturday strange. Night... There was a Saturday Night Live skit about that, where there they is. called each other lovers. We're, we're old. Um, all right. So, anyway, we are, we are human flies. We are humans shrunken down to fly size, and we okay. get to appear uh, into any camp... Uh, any seg, any segment, uh, any part of camp, and and dive in, Mark. You will be going first. We're essentially spies, yeah. but um, yes, I and I, I just wrote these up because I was going to forget them otherwise. But I would like to be a fly on the wall of Oakland's football compound, where I'd buzz between the offices of Coach John Gruden and General Manager Reggie McKenzie, capping an off season that saw plenty of Gruden-esque moves with McKenzie shoved into the deep background. I'd glean information on where this relationship stands. Do they talk? Do they verbally backstab from dawn till dusk? Or do they make it work and sometimes go out for ice cream and a glass of white wine while discussing their shared passion for off-canon Little House on the Prairie fan fiction? Where are we with this relationship? (laughs) Off-canon. Like, not the official storyline. Can you give me the Cliffs notes? I, I missed some of that. Basically, I want to buzz around that building <laughs> to find out. I feel like Reggie McKenzie. He's in mode yet. He's yeah. just tuning out. Yeah. Right Reggie McKenzie has really. Sugar Bear. He w- did so much to build that team up for that one playoff season and got through an early yes. bad period to show how good he could do at the job. And then I feel like Gruden has come in ultra powerful. And there have been a lot of weird anti Reggie McKenzie type moves made this offseason, at least to me. I see it that way. Right. And it just feels like a Gruden power move that mm. where, where is Reggie McKenzie in this? Is he happy? Is I want to find out. You're saying is Reggie like doing some grumbling at the, I, the snack bar station? Maybe at, so. Hey, I don't have as is much he, uh, juice as I used to. You're saying he's like Howie Roseman. A little bit of a Howie Roseman. Maybe not. Maybe not that. The Poconos right. stuffed away. I mean, that was that was obviously known to everyone and it was embarrassing. This has been kind of kept 
This, this issue doesn't seem to be out there as much. No, mm. I don't know Reggie McKenzie, but just based on his media appearances, he seems so amiable and wanting to get along. And he has this history with Gruden uh, back to Green Bay that I suspect, even if he's got some thoughts in his heads about how things going on, he would never be the type that you would, the fly would hear anything. Mm. He would keep it to himself that he'd be ultra professional, that he'd be doing the best that he could. Uh, even if he's not really thrilled with the fact that he's just but you know what I want Gruden's orders. Mark, I want you to, to fly on over to his private office when he's on the phones <laughs> with one of his, his buddies. Yeah. And other in the league circles when he's already kind of on the phone trying to get a new job because he's like, there is no future mm. for me here. Mm. You got to hang out in that complex for a couple weeks as this fly yeah. eating things the flies do and get the job done. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's bad things about being a fly. You 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 like poop and things like that, uh, and you have a short lifespan, and everyone hates you, and you're easily slaughtered. But it's pretty cool to be able to do this. It is well cool. in an yeah. era when a lot of journalists are losing your job. What better job security than being an actual fly who can listen to any conversation? Bingo! Right, bam! You're up, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Rams Weird camp. Seg. Job security for like for your 13 day life. Exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, it's lifetime security. It's not life security. <laughs> uh, I'm going to Rams camp. The most fascinating person in the NFL to me right now is Sean McVay. And if you caught mm. Brian Gumble's real sports interview with him, you said uh, he yes. has uh, yes. uncanny recall, bordering on photographic memory of so plays called in a random game from last year. To me, why he's fascinating, a lot of these offensive geniuses, these coaching geniuses, have massive outsized egos. And he seems to be a preternaturally humble guy who is supported by every former player, every current player, everybody he's ever coached with him. And he seems to have a high EQ, emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. to deal with these players. I'm just what is this guy perfect or like what is the flaw with this guy cuz he seems like he is what you would build in a lab to be an NFL coach uh, in 2018. So your job as a fly on some level you're looking for dirt. You're looking for some something mm. that shows you maybe has this guy as perfect as he seems. This is a very non-judgmental fly who is willing to go. This guy is he's 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 fascinating because he is that great. Not a judgy fly. Yeah. He's not a judgy fly at all. He, he's just like no, a, flies. Don't really have any brain capacity. You say by nature they're not typically very judgmental about human uh, behavior. But in this case, you have your. I've mind. seen ostracized flies before. There you go. <laughs> it was a tough situation. Um, very good. Any other thoughts, sir? Let's keep moving. I'd, I'd be curious what the interaction, yeah, between McVeigh and Les Snead and, and Wade Goff. Phillips, just, who is just, one of the best. Be fun. It would be a kind of a fun. It'd be a fun campus. If he, they fun. appear to be doing everything right. Yes, and if he puts together another season that is close to what he did in his breakthrough year last year, you might be looking at the new Bill Walsh guy. Yeah, like yeah. the new name that people write books about one day. He's got to string together a few more years, but. I would just say we haven't seen him as a coach go through any great adversity in terms of something really happening that put the Rams in a bind. How he responds to that will say a lot, too. Um, As you won't surprise you, I'm obviously going to buzz on over to Florham Park, New Jersey, uh, check in on my Jets. And I'm very nervous because, as any Jets fan should be, they have never, this organization has never handled a quarterback room very well. Whether it's drafting quarterbacks, bringing quarterbacks in, developing quarterbacks. Uh, it's always been kind of a mess. One time, one quarterback punched an auto, another quarterback in his jaw and broke it, although that's maybe not the organization's fault. But just it's been always kind of messy. And now here we are with a number three overall pick, Sam Darnold. He's, he's the DFS, the designated franchise savior. And they have to figure out how are we going to handle our musical chairs in the quarterback room. And there's some different things at play here because – you keep hearing uh, that Sam Darnold's a guy that they are not ruling out as a week one starter. Okay, well, that's fine to say. But then you're also hearing from our own Mike Silver, for instance, yesterday, that the Jets are, quote, obsessed. That's the word they use, which is such an interesting, weird word to say with Teddy Bridgewater and how great he has looked and how, how he looks like he's all the way back and he's basically back to being the type of prospect that he was before the knee injury. Whatever. If you believe it or not. Whatever. But they love him enough where you, you're, you're either going to try to develop him or you're going to have to trade him, uh, but he's going to have to see time. And then you have Josh McCown, who last year, if you guys recall, they did not play at all in the preseason, and he was essentially 
a bad, bad quarterback until about week three, which you could easily contribute to him. He had to knock the rust off because he didn't play. So what are they going to do? How are they going to get all these guys work without messing up Darnold, who's the key to all this? I want to know what that I don't know why you get obsessed with Teddy Bridgewater after drafting your future. And you're a coaching staff that is under fire. You're a front office that's under fire. So you have to put the guy in there that you really think you can attach your future to. If Sam Darnold goes out and struggles to some degree, everyone's going to expect that to be the way it is. I think they're basically going to glow over Teddy Bridgewater verbally and in the press all summer in an attempt to trade him. But you still have to showcase him too to then actually turn that into yeah. him being a real I think if, if Darnold of all the rookies has the best chance to start week one by far. And if, mm. if, if unless he really you know, implodes during preseason action. I think wow. that's the one team that would roll with, 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 with him. I think I might put him last. Darnold to start week one? Because Josh McCown played really well last year and they love him. And Bridgewater, to me, is one of the most interesting figures in August to watch yep. because he has a pretty good chance to beat out McCown, but he also has a pretty good chance to bring a draft pick, a pretty hefty draft pick in return if he looks good. I just don't know if you're this front office and coaching staff that you can fiddle around with Josh McCown for eight or nine weeks. Well, they you also have to remember, they might want to fiddle around with Josh McCown, who proved last year that he could run the offense. They got to save their jobs. They got to win seven or eight games, the Jets. That's a good point. This regime with Todd Bowles and also Mike McCagnin. So I really, I still see it. The most likely way it plays out is McCown four weeks and then, Darnold takes over in October, and I think Teddy does get traded, but we'll I, see. I, it's the platonic ideal from a fan perspective, not the, a Jets fan necessarily, but just the average NFL fan for an, a quarterback battle. I mean, it's got yeah, everything. It does. It's got the old trusty guy who's coming off the best uh, season by a Jets quarterback, probably since Chad Pennington. It's got an interesting trade uh, you know, package guy who's about as beloved as anyone, and it's got it's got a young hot shot. But I can't imagine the Jets are dumb enough not to just prioritize Sam Darnold over everything else, right. and that's really the only thing that they truly care about. And that is what I believe. What, what does that mean? Like you, you can't give whatever Ken they Bridgewater think, reps if you're given because whatever they think's best for Sam Darnold, that that's what's going to do. So that if, has they, to think, the if they think getting all the reps for Sam Darnold's the best thing, then yeah, then but it, screw Teddy. But it sounds like, and, and I agree with Dan, like they probably want to slow the rule with Sam Darnold. He's the youngest quarterback to enter the league in a long time. He doesn't have a whole lot of college experience, and you've got these two veterans, so they probably... I would think they've arrived at the decision. We're going to slow play no. Sam Darnold. I, I think Josh I don't McCown's know. I not going to get many snaps. I think he's Definitely starting week one, Darnold. Maybe not in practice. I think McCown's like almost a player coach there, and they'll have to get him ready in the week or two before the season. This is, before that, maybe not. They don't. This is not John Beck and Rex Grossman behind. I think they like both their options, and I would put a sandwich on it with you, Mark, if you want to do it right now, that sure. he's not the week one starter. Can I, I get will, in on that action? Well, it's up to him. I'll 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 go one on one with Dan because he's the Jets. What if, fan here. what if just just for sporting sake and none of these sandwiches, you know, ever get paid out anyways? I'll go with on Mark's side and it'll be a it'll be a duo. Sandwich well, let's do that. Battle. Tag two team versus two. I, I, I will only agree to that if there are sandwiches. That okay, and we we'll will do it. we will pay out sandwiches. We'll, okay, we'll let's do it. All right, it's happening. This I love is, it. It's like the cornhole squad back together. <laughs> Bad news to the other team. All right. It's not a fair. It's not fair if you two are on the same <laughs> yeah, not at all. squad. Uh, I'm my fly or I'm a fly and I'm buzzing. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm buzzing down to Spartanburg. Isn't that where By they the way, are? Yeah. Or in before before Greg goes on, you have to understand that this is the new era training camp spotlight. Okay. Uh, what you're about to hear from Greg Rosenthal. Yes, it is. That's great. I don't know. I, I don't know what new era is going to think about uh, the heat down there. I mean, it might be the hottest training camp. You know, Spartanburg has some historical significance to this podcast. That is the exit I pulled over when I called Greg to accept this job. Wow! I was driving from Cincinnati back to Tybee and stopped at the Spartanburg exit to I, tell Greg I was I was leaving there, Roto World. Is there a shrine there? <laughs> I don't like think a James so. Dean's accident site. Uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I want to listen to the conversations that Ron Rivera is having partly with Marty Herney, maybe with uh, some trusty assistant coaches, uh, maybe even with his wife on the phone, when he kind of looks back and, and sees the, the organization that he's running right now. 53 weeks ago, Dave Gettleman was fired. Think of everything that has changed with the Panthers. Wow. One of the steadiest in terms of wins-losses uh, teams in the NFC over the last five, six years. Dave Gettleman was fired. Uh 
the owner was embroiled in a sexual assault case in which the which he had to give up the team. This is the same man Jerry Richardson that hired Ron Rivera that that as I said, you know, founded the team, has a statue out front. He has lost his job. There's a brand new owner in place. On top of that, there's a brand new offensive system in place with Norv Turner arriving. Mike Shula has been there since the day Cam Newton arrived. It has just been a lot of change for a guy in Ron Rivera who who's had a lot of consistency over the last five or six years. And I'm just kind of wondering, like, what what is he feeling? What is he thinking about this situation? Does he feel like he's suddenly on a hot seat with with a new boss? What is he saying behind closed doors uh, to North Turner about Cam Newton, who's had kind of a couple rocky years, I would say, on the field, not as high a level the last two years? There's just a it's lot, a lot of spy work. It's just a lot going on, I think, with this franchise. A lot going on. Rivera feels like sure. underneath the Belichick by his lonesome tier, he feels like the most overlooked guy in the next tier down for NFL coaches. He's made the playoffs, what is it, five or six years, I believe? Uh, and Until he arrived, no one had ever won back-to-back in that. No, and was nearly fired at one point, you know, years ago, survived that, survived, has survived this up until now. And he's just been such a steady presence. I think that's one of his defining qualities, and yet this is maybe one has been one of the most unsteady teams in the league. And, and they have a quarterback who I think I, – I always believe in Cam Newton, but I think Cam, Cam Newton – he. He he wants to have a great year this year. His contract's coming. Not that they're not going to re-sign him, but he, he hasn't played as well, I don't think, throwing the ball the last couple of years as he did before that. And that was Training Camp Spotlight presented oh. by New Era. One more time around the horn, Mark Sessler. All right. I'd like to be a fly on the wall in Buffalo, listening to offensive coordinator Brian Dayball and quarterback's <laughs> aide David Culley discuss their plan for the team's signal callers. What must Josh Allen do to blow up the concept of a red shirt season and fly into the skies as the team's sometime in the season earlier on than later as their new starter? Also, I'd travel to the team's newly refurbished cafeteria to see what players are saying about the new lunchtime menu items. Have you had the pork butt sandwich fullback Patrick DeMarco would ask Vlad Dukas? No, Dukas would say. Being ugly? I'm pescatarian. DeMarco would counter by saying, we can both agree the new sourdough rolls dipped in salt butter are delicious. Not too dense, very rich in flavor, crisp on the outside and just right in the middle. No, Ducasse would say, I'm staying away from carbs, bro, in an effort to jumpstart my large and small intestine with a more alkaline-based diet. (laughs) This is why you have to watch the video show, just to see the the B-roll of the delicious sandwiches that, that so, Lindsay was showing. We you, could focus more on the quarterback you, angle. but Wait, have you actually flown into the future and you already witnessed <laughs> this interaction as a fly on the wall? Yes. and Well, I'm, I actually i am saying they would say that to each other. That's oh. what I'm thinking they would say. Mark yeah. is There's continually a lot of, breaking the space-time continuum <laughs> in his bits. I mean, I'm a human that turned into a fly, so a lot of new territory <laughs> to begin with. So. In, in Patrick DeMarco's defense, every time I get a choice, I, I go sourdough when it comes to bread. Oh, yeah, totally. It's a great I, bread. Totally agree. It's it would, a great cut. It would be interesting to hear Brian Dable speak, as anyone no. called that happening. He's kind. Of, he's an under-the-radar yeah. important figure in the NFL, You know, former Patriots guy, former Alabama guy who suddenly has to run – uh, an offense where he's got an uphill battle. Well, he was Eric Mangini's play caller in yeah. in Cleveland. He's a bit of a nomad. You know, yes, he is. He he is. But the like, Dolphins for a bit. His his number Alabama. one. I mean, his number one quarterback is it's it's pretty rough. And then you look Does at. Does he have a number one? Right. And then right. you have Kelvin Benjamin's the number one. After that, nothing. It's it's either Zay Jones or Jeremy Curley. It's pretty. It's going to be tough to create an offense out of that team. They lost three of their best offensive linemen. Their line, if you, their line is a, ma- Able, I think a major issue for Allen's behind closed doors. Playing Able early might be a little concerned. Chris Wessling, <laughs> this fly is going to hang out in Colts camp and hope I don't get swallowed by the frog. <laughs> Whoa! What's your favorite type of frog? <laughs> nice call, back. Well done. Well done, Chris Wessling. And it's obvious you want to see how Andrew Luck looks. We were informed Wednesday that basically Ian Rappaport was saying the ball is flying out of his hand. Arm strength looks pretty much like it's always looked. Um, Beyond that, to me, though, since he entered the league in 2012, we've been asking, when are the Colts going to get a creative play caller, a reliable offensive line, 
and a consistent running game. And I think in camp you say, this might be the most improved offensive line in the league. They have not only added two impressive rookies, but veteran depth that they just haven't had since Luck has been there. They've got guys like Matt Slauson sitting the bench, and he might not be you know, the best center in the league or best guard in the league, but that's depth that they, they're throwing. They don't have to throw a seventh-round rookie in there this year if mm. something goes wrong. Also, Frank Reich, if you, if you look at Carson Wentz, the most close quarterback in the league to him, athlete-wise, skill set-wise, is probably Andrew Luck. And Frank Reich did wonders along with Doug Peterson and John Filippo with Carson Wentz. Um, I think he's got that creative play caller now. And you have a running game where you've got some more interesting running backs than you've had in a while. I don't like their defense one bit at no, this I point. And they have a lot of work to do there. They but have a new scheme, a new coordinator there, first-time coordinator, Eberfluss. Yeah, but I don't, feel like don't, their offense Aren't is- they back in the mix in the AFC South if Luck is going to play 16 Wes games. Wes is excited about the Colts. We're I, I, we're I'm always excited to watch Andrew Luck play. Is that potentially going to be your team of ATL nominee? No. <laughs> because I don't <laughs> think you guys no. would go along with it. Not, I, no. Keep that in the holster. I, I keep my heart open to any team. I'm not close. And, and, Andrew, yeah. and Andrew Luck return to greatness would be a story I could get behind. Um. All right. I am going to head on. I might be in Oxnard right now, actually. Nice. Shoot up to Oxnard. Okay. I'm yeah. going there tomorrow. Very nice. Humble brag. <laughs> what are you going to be doing there? Fact. <laughs> what are you doing up in the Oxnard? Going to watch some Cowboys practice. Sexy. I like that. Little network work? Little. Little. Look at you. All grown up. <laughs> Cowboys <laughs> coaches. I want to be in that Cowboys coaches room. You know, actually, if you remember All or Nothing, if you watched All or Nothing, everything is done. Jarrah's there. Steven's there. The brother-in-law's there. The dog's there. And they all get around a big old conference table and they talk. And I want to be a fly on the wall when they have the discussion. Uh, hey, guys, how confident are we that we've set up our quarterback for success this season? Because Dak Prescott, who was an incredible draft value buy, of course, a couple of years ago, and then was an amazing uh, rookie quarterback for the team, took a step back last year. wasn't all his fault. Uh, it was kind of a tough situation, as we know, with uh, with Zeke Elliott and everything else. Um, so I'm wondering, they they obviously feel must feel okay, I would think, because they didn't make any big free agent pickups. They didn't pull the trigger on a big trade. They cut Dez loose. They let Jason Witten retire. I'm sure they didn't stand in his way on that. Um, so when you have a wide receiver group headlined by Alan Hearns and Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley and a tight end group led by... Brett Swain. Some guys. Jeff Swain. I think. Blake Jarwin. Blake Jarwin is the guy who's been getting all the hype there. Dalton Schultz and Rico Gather still in the mix. Uh, when you when you factor that in, I'm wondering if they're privately like, hmm, let me put this kid in a tough spot. Or will the offensive line and the running game and, and Dak's natural ability be able to cover up for deficiencies in the skill uh, positions? I could really see that team going either way this year, and it would not surprise me at all if they ended up being like eleven and five, with this chain moving, r- rushing attack, and and Dak Prescott playing pretty well. I, I have faith in Dak Prescott. I do too. I that would be they would be a fun team to listen to. I think the the conversations, the colloquialisms. Oh, they really get along. That's one thing I I took away from All or Nothing. I think the the Jones family they're having they're living life. They're having fun. <laughs> You they, need, they like you need being it all the, or nothing to tell you that. They like being the Jones. I don't know. No, I don't assume that all like powerful, successful people are happy. I don't think they're any happier than anyone else. But I think the Jones are. They're like they like being the Joneses. They like each other. They have the Jerry Jones. He's a bon vivant. Right. That's what I'm it's saying. the job he, he always wanted, owning the Cowboys, and uh, he's been living it up for 30 years. And now his whole family's in on it. Well, I, I, at the Combine, I missed my flight on the way back because of some connection things. So they just said, stay in Indianapolis. There's no way to we'll send you out the next day. I went back into town because I was staying at some bizarre motel with like a, co- a cosplay convention or something. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> but went back into town, met some people from work, and we were at a bar. And up rolls the Jerry Jones bus. And off Jared roll... Mobile. Jerry, Garrett, everyone, the whole posse, and they they were running the room. And they, yes, he enjoys life. Jones and his entire family if, seem to enjoy life if, quite a bit. If you haven't been lucky enough or have just never been in the position to be at a major league event, uh, obviously the Super Bowl, the most notable one, but really any of them, whether it's combine or draft, whatever that where the city's held, 
you will most likely, if you're in the downtown sector, see Jerobus roll up in front of a steakhouse or a notable bar in the area. And the party is where Jerobus is at. No doubt. You're living life. <laughs> All right. Last time. Last time, Greg, you're that, shrunk that it down. That bus might be coming up and down the 101. Come out. You, know, you might see it in Hollywood, something like that on one of these nights. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, Possible. Oxnard, not too far I'm, away. I'm... I'm shrinking into a fly, and I'm heading straight to New York. I miss New York in the summer. I'm talking right in the middle of the city. I'm not going to a team. I'm going to Park Avenue, and I'm visiting the league office. And <laughs> That's what you miss about New York? No, I don't miss that. <laughs> but uh, I want to I wanna hang out with Al Riveron. I want to hear behind uh. closed doors what Al Riveron and the league office is saying about these rules. First, the kickoff rule. I, I think it's it's almost underreported. I think this kickoff rule is going to profoundly change football and special teams. I know it's only the kickoff, but I think there's going to, especially this year, be a real wow factor. And just a lot of different things that we haven't even thought of are going to come up. And I think they're talking about it in terms of how they're going to apply the rules because they're really complicated when you when you look at it on the kickoff. Oh, Belichick's going to figure this I, out. There, there's the a, onside kickoff, too. Just right. what he needs, another edge. There's a lot going on. I want to hear what they're talking about there. And then also the lowering the helmet rule, which, which has been talked about uh, quite a bit. Uh, there's there's so many different variations that Al and the gang are having to go over, and they have to be concerned of, with how they are going to uh, ref this in its first year. And I, I'd yeah. like to hear kind of how they're planning to do that because mm. yeah, as great as he was when we heard him speak, it, it, I don't think you can really answer the questions until we see how it plays out. Remember the Trent Richardson rule? Right. No one that the ended up not the helmet rule. Yeah. At no all. one ever threw a flag on that. Uh, you wonder if it'll, if we could be in a similar situation where you just that one doesn't really come up as much as you would think it would. Uh, I, I think July. it's going to be a big. I think it's going to be a big difference. Richard Sherman's criticism of the new rule today reminded me of Riveron's performance, in which he basically said, "Guys, guys, guys, I'm not debating you. I'm telling you what the new rule is. This isn't a debate. You're going to have to fall in line." Yeah. He was similarly impressive at the talent summit last year, and then I think. We and so many football fans are driven insane by some of the NFL's rules. So it's like this is peak Riveron season where he's kind of infallible. And then the season starts. You're like, who is involved with the rules? Get rid of this guy. All right. That's it. That's it. Good seg. Good close to the seg. Good overall seg. Uh, We will be back on uh, Friday. How about that? We'll be back on Friday with our third show of the week. A reminder again that this was our video show. If you're listening to the audio show right now, uh, why don't you head over starting Thursday at noon Eastern, NFL.com slash ATN live, and you could check out uh, that segment we just talked about. And you could see the videos that accompanied uh, Mark's um, uh, mess hall reading. (laughs) Yes, please rush on over for that. And uh, have you nominated the Around the NFL podcast for the Listener Podcast Awards yet? It's free. It's easy to do. Just head to podcastawards.com and nominate Around the NFL in the sports category. Uh, and just a, a show of might. A show of, It's like um, I'm watching the Ken Burns Vietnam documentary, gripping, sad stuff, uh, and not the United States military's finest hour. But, you know, sh- they would show their might especially the Air Force and the airstrikes, the might, show the might of the listenership by voting and, and winning this thing. Or another George Bushism, a little shock and awe, please. A little shock and awe. Let's get on that. I'd like to know where Hashtag, we are in this. I don't, know if, I don't know if, yeah, we want, you know, the Vietnam quagmire to be uh, <laughs> associated know, a, with it. A symbol of what we want our listeners to fair. I, I, I try to make it clear it was more of the military's might, mm-hmm. uh, but yes. How about uh, Nuke Lelouch? Announce your presence with authority. We did it. Uh, So, yes, thank you to everybody for listening. You guys are the best. We'll be back. Uh, Until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and Lindsay Fulton behind the glass. Stay healthy, Lindsay. Stay alive. Stop for the bears. Till Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 